Welcome to Dream Auguries. Tonight, for our seventh episode, we're going to explore another connection between cinema and dreams. Maya Duren is a filmmaker who has beautifully captured the jump cuts and dislocations of dream logic. As Wikipedia reports, for the Ukrainian-born Eleonora Derenkowska, the function of film was to create an experience. And her short 15-minute film, At Land, is an exquisite, silent experience in black and white. Unfortunately, the label Experimental Filmmaker, which Wikipedia repeats, has, I think, limited the reach of her work. Shot just a year before the end of World War II, At Land was written, directed, produced, edited, and features Duran herself, with camera work by Hella Heyman and Alexander Hamid. The film also features a silent appearance by the composer John Cage. We're going to try something a little different tonight. We have a link to the silent version in the notes for this podcast, so you can watch the film there. Or if you prefer, you can listen to this narration of images as they unfold on screen and perhaps see the movie in your mind's eye to listen and follow it as if it was a dream. This narration also gives you a sense of how Duran juxtaposed images and created disorienting transitions from, say, a beach to a long table at a dinner party. Let us know what you think of this kind of narration. The film opens with waves crashing onto the shore. As one wave rolls back, Duran is revealed, lying on the beach. But immediately something shifts. The waves roll back, but in reverse, as if they're being drawn away from her now that she's been left on the shore. As we cut back from the surf to a close-up, we see her eyes are fully open, looking at us. Or she's looking at the waves which now retreat backwards more and more forcefully. Her gaze then moves to birds flying overhead as if she's seeing them for the first time. Or is she conjuring them? Duren reaches up and grabs the sea-worn roots of a fallen tree that was not there in the opening shot. She pulls herself up. She continues reaching up, her hands caressing the smooth driftwood, her eyes peering out of the gaps in the roots. She climbs higher, hand over hand, until we see her hands rise above the edge of a tablecloth where a single empty glass sits. She pulls herself into the room beneath a large chandelier. Smoke rises into the light as the camera pans back down to reveal a table full of men and women in formal dress at some kind of dinner party. Duran watches the guest from her place at the end of the table. She's peering just above the tablecloth. None of them noticed her as she pulls her chin up onto the table next to the empty glass. The camera cuts back to complete the climb of her bare feet over the driftwood from that other dimension and into this room. But when we cut back to her bare knees on the tablecloth, she is now immersed in a thick, leafy forest. Then back to her crawling hand over hand across the tablecloth and past the indifferent diners. Back and forth between diners and forest, she makes her way towards a man at the end of the table who keeps his eyes averted from hers. Closer and closer, hand over hand, she crawls past the men and women 
who were smoking cigarettes until the man at the end of the table and the chessboard on which he is focused fill the screen. But just as she reaches him, just as she comes through the foliage, he leaves the table. Everyone gets up and leaves the table, leaving her alone with the chess pieces that she manipulates with her mind. The images play on and you can see them in our link, a chess piece floating down a stream, a silent conversation with a mysterious man who leads her to a house where sheets cover all the furniture. The sheets also cover the body of a mustachioed man. His eyes are open, but is he dead? Then his eyes follow her as she moves around the room. She explores the empty house. Stepping out the front door, she finds herself suddenly atop another high rocky outcropping. Barefoot, she steps from one rocky peak to another, and then, seemingly exhausted, she slides down the hard incline until she reaches the beach again. Looking back, she sees what was once stone is now a lattice of wood and steel, smoother, sleeker textures. As she walks away, the Sandy Hills echo one of the opening shots of her hip as she lay upon the beach. From a high promenade above the beach, we see her, still barefoot, now gathering stones as she walks. She's gathering them in her dark striped dress until, overburdened with their load, she stumbles and drops them all. Suddenly, she looks towards the water and sees at the water's edge, two women are seated, a blonde and a brunette, playing chess. The blonde, manipulating the white players, makes a move, and the brunette, with the opposing black players, definitively swats away a pawn with her queen. In close-up, we see Duran's eyes following the back and forth of the chess match. The women continue their conversation. Suddenly, Duran is behind both women, stroking their hair. They lean back, savoring the touch. Meanwhile, their hands continue the game on the board, the hands expertly putting each other in check in spite of the distracting head massage. And then, just as one is about to announce checkmate, Duran reaches down and snatches away the white pawn. Suddenly, there are two Durants, the one who lingers, stroking the hair, and the other who has stolen the pawn and runs down the beach. It's as if one Durant has distracted the women to pull off the crime. One Durant watches the other make her way back down the beach, then back to the house, still with the chess piece. Then she's back at the dining room table, then back at the driftwood, as if the whole film is running in reverse. One last image is a slow pan up to her footprints in the sand, to her turning at the water's edge, both hands held up. The pawn is clasped in her right hand as the waves steadily crash, unceasing. We'll end here with a final reflection. The title card for this film has the word silent in parentheses under at land. Maya Duran appears to be making a clear statement about how the film and images should be viewed silently. 
and yet finding a silent version among the composers who have attempted to give it a soundtrack is a challenge on YouTube. Something about these images, about the story of the woman taking control of the game, has inspired composers for decades, along with these dreamlike images. We hope this film serves as kindling or starter fluid for your own dreams. Dream Auguries is a weekly reflection series for insomniacs, lucid dreamers, magicians, and conjurers of all kinds, oracles, and soothsayers. It's bonus content for the film Dreaming Grand Avenue, now streaming on cable, written and directed by Hugh Schultz. Our theme music was composed and performed by Tony Scott Green, with sound design by Kevin O'Rourke. Good night.